Welcome to the Tell Me Your Story podcast. I am Dr. Eric Sims with Triple Crown Chiropractic. And today I am here with the ladies of Hillside Meadows Farm. And we are going to be talking all about farming, why they farm, what they farm, how they farm, and all the things that just go with farming. So ladies, tell me all about your farm. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for having us. You're very welcome. We appreciate it. Um, So we're a mother-daughter duo. And, of course, we have my dad and my brother. But, you know, my mom and I are the ones that go around a lot of places. Um, so we're kind of the, what, we are the, what do they call it, the brain behind the operation kind of thing. So um, we started the farm 2018, fall of 2018, and we have expanded. So we do goat milk skincare. We do pasture-raised meats, we do free-range eggs, and we are looking to expand. We have also started doing wedding favors, we have events that we're starting to bring up. Um, So kind of just bringing the farm to the consumer. We're about healthy products from happy animals. We're proud to be animal welfare certified uh, by a greener world in which we actually get inspected uh, annually and we're very, very proud of that certification. Awesome. Now, you guys have been doing a heck of a lot as far as, you know, going into the different areas, the different things that you do. Now, I know that, you know, when we first used your guys' products a couple years ago for some Christmas gifts that we were giving out to patients, you were doing some soaps and everything like that, you know, which everybody loved and all. So that's how you pretty much that I knew you guys started out, but then we got the meat from you guys and we did a couple other things. So what makes you want to keep expanding out into these different items, these different territories, if you will? Well, the meat was the plan to begin with. Okay. Or fairly in the beginning. And the only thing is, is you don't go and buy yourself a whole herd. Or we didn't want to do that. What we did is we raised, uh, we raised breeding stock. And so initially we, we expanded to herd. No, initially so we also wanted it for us. Yeah. We were trying so. to find a healthier solution instead of the store-bought uh products that you buy mm-hmm. uh, you look around you look at the chemicals the unknown uh, names and what's in your food so at first we were just supplying ourselves and then we kind of grew from there we decided you know why not also spread this with other people in our community and our region so yes yeah, so we did uh, we started out smaller just with four goats and two sheep and a horse Actually, we started with one horse and two sheep. And the horse was more her dream. She started riding lessons, and uh, I actually just found a little notebook, elementary school riding, and she wrote down my dream horse, which probably will never come true. She actually didn't even believe she'd ever own a horse. Never now say never. She's, uh, yeah, now she has two horses. Both of them also rescues from the Kentucky Equine Adoption Center. Cool. Um, so um, I know these rescue horses get a bad rep, but there's a lot of horses out there that are, you know, still for, you know, household purpose or for, you know, trail people, riding, trail just riding just horses, horses, you know. There's a lot of horses that are looking for a home, uh, and uh, it's a more affordable option on the purchase price, mm-hmm. you know. So horse keeping a horse is not just the purchase price, just so right. we, to make that clear, <laughs> but uh, 
so we get re rehomed two of those horses and Envy also she has two half horses. We always say halves because they're the minis. However, they're the bigger problem children usually. Yes. They come with a lot more health but issues. They're so. also more for fun. I mean, yeah. with the farm, we, uh, we, we were really interested in goat milk. You, yeah. She had researched like the breed and stuff like this. She, she really, I mean, she came out to us and she's like, you know, what about these Nigerian dwarf goats? Um, so yes, we did buy the, our first four. And we bought a breeding buck, and we still have him. His name's Napoleon. He's, you know, I think his, his name. name. Yes, name. yes, yeah. his name nice. pretty much nice. says his personality. I like it. Small, big attitude. Yes. Like he, he, walk, he walks the strut, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, he loves his ladies. Yes. And so, you know, now we've got a dairy goat herd of, I'd say, about 20 around 20. 20 Sometimes it ranges just between breeding and, mm -hmm. and the, the baby goats. Um, with the sheep, we are still kind of expanding our uh, main our breeding ooze. However, we're also going to be starting to just straighten out the production and, you know, get a regular breeding schedule in which we have regular meat for our customers. Okay. So you guys basically have then are starting up like a program of getting like when that meat's going to be ready, you know, be kind of like set, always kind of have like stuff on hand at the farm. Yeah. And then you, I know that you do uh, where you can purchase a credit, is that what it's called, when you buy part of the cow? Uh, we used to do the shares. The I shares. have to say, shares. yeah, the shares. And there's a lot of uh, uh, farmers in the area that do that still. Uh, and the main reason a lot of people do that is not only the, um, the ability for people to purchase a quarter or a half cow, I think uh, the problem is really processing appointments. In order to sell you a steak individually, mm -hmm. I have to have a USDA processing appointment. Mm -hmm. And they're rare. Uh, we have to book those appointments up to two years out. Wow. So if you start farming and you don't have these appointments, you know, you you then by custom, and this is how, how you bypass red tape, by um, you know, selling a share of an animal or an mm -hmm. animal to you. So you purchase the animal and it's being processed in your name for you. Uh, okay. And this is why farmers do that. It's kind of the same thing with the milk. You are not allowed to sell raw milk, but you can buy shares, kind of like you pay, buy shares in a com company. Yeah. You can buy shares on a farm and then you get your dividend, your milk, your contribution to it. And uh, in the long run, this is for us also the plan to expand out on it a little bit. We just need to build a little bit more of a physical pickup location, you know what I mean? Like a yeah. little bit more setup. So right now when you walk to our farm, you see the pastures, you see our home, and you have picnic tables. We'd like to have this a little bit more with a you know public restroom and things like this. A we're going to fancy so, it up a little bit. So, so people feel like they're not invading into our property privacy, so there's mm -hmm. like more of an operation going on for that to expand on that. The one thing though, when people come to our place, they're always like, wow, look at this view. And sometimes we don't realize how, I guess, nice our property is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because we're on, we're Hillside Meadows, so, you know, we are on a hill. Um, and I guess just the mountains and stuff, we get some pretty views and people always compliment it. It's really nice to hear. You know, when we were looking for a property, we lived in a, a plantation point initially in a neighborhood. Uh -huh. and my husband had that dream of having property. I had no idea, so I just was went along for the ride. This sure. is, this was my husband's idea here. Of course. And uh, so he, <laughs> so we looked for a property, and at first we found a deal in Burlington that fell through. So then we found a property in Verona, and the pictures online you saw just this hundred and forty some year old farmhouse mm -hmm. that was uh, I think it would have been condemned by now if it wasn't fixed up. It was in bad shape, and there was nothing around it. And I told my husband, if somebody kills you, they don't find you until you just 
bones up there, you know? Like, <laughs> it's in the middle of nowhere. It looked really so abandoned. Uh -huh. But then when we actually looked at the property, it was easy access to the interstate. Like in five minutes, we have the Verona exit, uh, 71 exit, uh, right. just three miles from the exit. Uh, 42 we're in Union in no time. It took us 15 minutes this morning to get to. We're in a very point. central location. So it okay. is. It's not. It's really nice to get to places, but you have still that secluded life that mm -hmm. that we kind of were looking for. You don't feel like you're in the boonies, but you also have some privacy that you're not going to get in like a neighborhood, for example. That's yeah. understandable. I told my husband when we were looking for property, he wanted land. He would be in the middle of nowhere. He'd be perfectly fine. Sure. <laughs> I told him, I said, I don't want to drive more than 10 minutes to pick up a gallon of milk, and mm -hmm. I don't want to drive more than 20 minutes to shopping and whatever. And sure. I wanted historic, and in Ingram Pool, my husband wanted land, and if you would have told anybody that this is what we want, they probably would have said, you'll never find that. Right. <laughs> but we actually found it out in Verona. And it's honestly, we've also found some charm about the house, and we've heard different stories and stuff. Like, recently, a couple had contacted us, and they said, or... Sorry, the son of the couple said uh, that his parents got married in their yeah. house. Oh, okay. And they actually sent like an old picture, and we think that's really, really cool. And then uh, my friend's mom was coming to uh, pick up uh, her daughter, and she said she, as a little girl, she used to pick up milk. It used to be like an old dairy. Uh, uh, what are they? They did multiple different things. Yes, that was very unusual for back then. The house was built in 1875, actually. Okay. And uh, uh, initially, it was a big working farm, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the old baker farm back then. So when you talk to residents here in Union, the older people, everybody mm -hmm. knew the bakers. Oh, okay. He was also uh, he was a reverend in a Baptist church, and so he they were very well known mm -hmm. in the community. And uh, uh, so this old house has so much history. So at and some it, point, they split up the property. Yeah. So this used to be two, three hundred acres, I think, or sure. something. Like, and mm -hmm. so at some point they split it up. So when we bought that house, it was two acres. It was just a house on two acres, and then they had the hundreds of acres and the barns on a different property. Okay. So we added a little bit of acreage, purchased it from our neighbor who mm -hmm. bought all that land. Mm -hmm. And uh, so with that extra space, we now initially released it. This is how we were able to afford or be able to have the horse for mm -hmm. her and. Um, because otherwise it would have been a couple of sheep and goats. So having that extra property just made that all possible. I still think it's really, really neat that we get these stories and stuff, just talking to people. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, something like that. I'm still astonished that, you know, there's a marriage in that house. I, I think that's pretty neat. That is cool. A wedding, sorry. Now, as far as you guys now have people coming out, because you've just built up a uh, building for, or is it being currently built? That um... yeah, we just we still have to build something. That's what I was talking about. A about pickup location. Oh, you still have to build it. I got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, okay. we had some other things that became a higher priority coming up. So, mm -hmm. so oh, okay. So our barn, we actually originally planned for it to be half the size. You know, so we can have some extra space. You know, we have the animals, extra space for a tractor, and you know, other stuff. And then uh, you know, she's like, why? Why don't we just? make it a little bit bigger we have the room you mm -hmm. know you can always have extra space well we just we built an addition i think two years last year or the year before and That's now we're also talking okay. yeah. we're talking about building another addition on the other side and of the, the, hay the hay barn <laughs> the hay barn and the cow shelter yes okay. so <laughs> now at this point this barn has kind of we, we've been growing building yeah. a lot we've got a lot of buildings going on yeah, I think you already know my husband at Burgess Sheet Metal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah then, mm -hmm. I know this at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
The interesting part is also our Barnby uh, got, uh, Bavarian actually uh, was the one who supplied us old telephone posts. Uh, waste. Bavarian waste, uh, old, old telephone posts. So you're able to recycle some old telephone so, posts. Yes, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That is cool. Yeah, so uh, we don't have four, six by six or something. We have telephone posts, big old telephone posts holding up the barn. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. Now, farming is a lot of work. Like a lot of work, you know, obviously, you know, going through the thing. So what is it that you love about farming so much that you're like, let's keep doing this? I think it's the animals. Yeah, honestly. I love the animals. You know how many I times mean... I wake up in the morning and there's so much to do that I mm -hmm. don't know where to start? Sure. And then I look at it, what would you get rid of? And I look at these animals, I just couldn't, you know what I mean? Like, I just couldn't give them up, you know? Well, it's <laughs> also... Fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, yeah, it sounds kind of crazy to raise meat animals and, and fall in love with your animals. But there is a relationship you have with your animals, like they come running to you and, uh, you know, especially it's certain things they like, pick up, like they know a feed bucket, you know, and stuff like yeah. this. Animals are actually very intelligent, mm -hmm. very intelligent. We notice it across the farm. I think it's also being able to supply, you know, your, your kitchen and, and living kind of off of your land mm -hmm. and reaping your rewards instead of relying on the store and stuff like that. I, I think it's just a combined effort. I mean, for the first time last year, we processed turkey, and so we have our turkey breast and uh, start buying that chicken from the store, which was my biggest motivation. Sure. Because the chicken breast uh, with all this modified and hormones and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And so um, we got that turkey, and the first time we had it, it's like, oh my God, I didn't know turkey Very could have so much flavor. Mm -hmm. And I don't see myself ever going back to that store bought, bought meat. I, I, I in mean, general, you just, just you, the flavors, the eggs and stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I had breakfast in in uh, our uh, cafeteria and bought myself scrambled eggs and it went straight to the trash. I, I was thinking I'm eating cardboard. Sure. Yeah. You get used to the flavor, the products, oh, and yeah. then you go the you don't even realize it when you go in a good direction, mm -hmm. but when you yeah. then try it the other way around, yeah. you really notice the difference. Yes. Okay. And as far as, you know, you guys now having, you know, these animals and you're raising them, you know, starting with everything, like, do you look to yourselves that you're going to have to expand as far as, like, getting more help or as things continue to grow? Or what do I you think, think the plan is there? Wanna, I don't think we don't ever want to be a hiring staff. The one thing is, is what I was considering is maybe getting interns during the week, like sure. high school interns, just so, like, you know, when we have to go through, like the goats and the sheep, for example, we run our own fecal test on a microscope. Mm -hmm. We have shots to give, and they, she wants to start sharing them, like uh, shaving them in the spring, which is not something you have to do, but which helps a lot in the heat in the summer. Um, also to see the confirmation, but the yeah, and so is. there are so many little things where it would be nice just to have an extra little set of hands and also mm -hmm. learning experience for somebody. A lot of learning but experience. hired help, I don't think so. I'd rather just slow it down. Or we don't ever want to be that big. We still want to remain a family farm. Mm -hmm. We don't want to grow outside of that. Um, the problem is, is also when you get too big. You, first of all, you have to now produce so much more to make up for that overhead you had, those expenses you have now. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, so, to stay competitive price-wise, it is really difficult. It is difficult to make money in farming. Sure. The reality, you know. Uh, people had these expectations for so many years. Eggs, $3. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. A chicken lays one egg a day. 
Uh, you have to feed these chickens for six months, sometimes longer, before they lay their first egg. You are in two thousand dollars for a chicken coop. Some people. So, mm -hmm. so the the funny thing is when you're on those farm sites and groups. They're like, here's my first egg, two thousand four hundred dollars invested, you yes. know. <laughs> but, but you know, but for people to think that a chicken egg should be <clears throat> pennies because it, this is those are the chickens that are in a box and laying batteries mm -hmm. and and on top of each other and it's and, uh, it's, it's, and so if you want these animals to have a better life at the same time also better products, you can't expect three dollars a carton of eggs. Right. And I can tell you that even amongst farmers, I, I recently wasn't just, uh, it was kind of people bashing each other for requesting certain prices for eggs. Mm -hmm. Eggs should never have been three dollars. And somebody who, you know, the board housewife that gives these extra eggs away for three dollars or something mm -hmm. is creating a price point on the market, which is wrong. Right. Because there are farms out here and we are, we're just a small family farm. The eggs are just a little psychic. Sure. But there are actually people that are trying to make a living off this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and you are killing these people to do the right thing and then people look for shortcuts people will look to save a penny and this is where the quality drops too so support these farmers and and you know just get coffee in starbucks but pay your farmer the money for yep. their eggs for example and it's the same thing like last year in the farmer's market there was only one customer that gave us grief about our lamb price and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, the one thing is, is what people don't realize, when you buy a pound of meat in a grocery store, it's injected with saline water and whatever. When you put your meat on a grill, mm -hmm. look how much you really have left. I dare you to weigh that, you know? Right. And uh, now compared to pasture-raised meat, mm -hmm. you will see the difference. Also, how much of it is wastage and how much of that is quality meat. The other thing is also, if I am raising my animals the right way and I, I'm not injecting a hormone chip in my cows behind the ear to grow twice as fast, I am having more money invested to, to deliver you hormone-free meat. And, quality. And quality, quality meat. Yes. You right. are getting no hormones. You are getting no antibiotics. So I'm investing more upfront into our customer. And so people should look around and i'm finding that a lot of people don't want to hear the truth but really it's going on with these animals in the mm -hmm. industry so they don't have to feel guilty when they are going to the store and buying those products well you know you mentioned you know the eggs and the board housewife and the funny thing is is that you know i've seen a couple of things on TikTok, you mm -hmm. know and on instagram mm -hmm. of just these people that are like you know yeah you know i went out and started my own um uh, I don't want to say commune, homestead? but uh, homestead, yes, yes yeah, their own homestead, you know, out there, and I just got all these chickens, you know, out of that way, and chickens are, you know, producing me eggs, no problem, and, and you know, people don't realize, yeah, but that takes six months of, you know, that yeah. chicken, yeah, the you know, and also the shelter form, you got to invest in that, and, you're and all that stuff them, too, and, yeah, know, and because then you think, oh, well, I could just grab some chickens and you know, and just start right. getting eggs right, right away. So the other yeah. thing is also, uh, you live in a subdivision and you put them in this coop, you will have no quality. Like, you need green pastures. You need these chickens to run around. And if sure. you have a neighbor that complains about your chicken pooping on their porch, you're not living in that area to raise pasture-raised eggs. Right. And unfortunately, there is a, this pasture-raised or free-range is so overused and it's not protected. Uh, because, uh, uh, you know, when I see a farmer posting, hey, we have pasture-raised chickens, but they have that coop that they're moving around, you don't have pasture-raised. They are not truly free-range or pasture-raised chickens. And so... Free-ranging is pretty much free-ranging. They go wherever they want. They do not have No, limits. actually, free-range is the lower level. The pasture-raised is the higher oh, sorry, level. sorry, the, so, the pasture-raised. The free-range just means that the chickens aren't in a coop. They can be in a barn where they have a thousand chickens in one barn. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. 
And so they're ranging, even though they have no pasture, no green grass to pick on, no right. dirt to dust in, no grass to pick, no worms to pick. But then you also have pastures, and again, pasture is a term that people are freely using, mm -hmm. and it is not always truly pasture If they are cooped in, in in one enclosure where they have only so much room to roam around, you can also tell the difference. I mean, she had a chicken that was uh, hurt, and that chicken was in a barn a lot. We could tell the difference on her eggs from the ones that were going outside, sunbathing, oh, okay. pecking. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is why this is exactly why we always toot the the, the green and the greener world horn kind of mm -hmm. about it. But they actually come and they look how many acres you have and how many animals you have in that space to make you know to justify how much room do they truly have, and also what are you feeding them. And so there is there is very little control over it, very little certification. I know people always jump all over this organic certification or whatever. You would be amazed about some of these certifications where a lot of them you just have to insert your information and boom, you have it, a certification. You pay a fee, you apply no, for it. No inspection, it. nothing along the lines of that. Mm -hmm. So with the greener world, we do get inspected. You know, they are, they are on top of it. They are, we really love them, honestly, a greener world. It's, we love it's that actually not very, yeah, it's more on the west side of the United States. It's more mm -hmm. uh, west coast. You see a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a couple of farms in Kentucky. I think you only have like a handful of farms that, that hold the certification. Uh, also, I think South Coast, somewhere there is like the Pork Farmers Association actually requires a membership. So right. a certain husbandry. So in certain areas, this is a little bit more popular and, uh, uh, here in this area, when you tell people about it, they really don't know about it yet. This is actually an international organization, so also overseas. Okay. Um, but uh, they hold high standards, and what they really are about is about, uh, you know, not the PETA kind of don't kill any animals. They're about sustainable farming from the right way, you know, sure. to treat the animals a certain way while you do farm them. And uh, uh, one thing is, is we had already had these standards uh, before we were looking for a certification. Mm -hmm. And so when she was researching about these certifications and such, um, she was reading A Greener World and she's like, this is pretty much what we do already. Mm -hmm. You know, so we knew right then and there that you know, the right it, it aligns with our views, with our standards that we believe in. Okay, okay. For example, one, people, one thing people usually don't know is that they think they don't eat meat and they don't they're not cruel to animals. The reality is, is actually the dairy industry is a lot harsher on their livestock than the meat industry. Sure. Uh, the dairy industry will breed to freshen the milk. Mm -hmm. They treat, a lot of them will treat the babies like trash. They will dispose of them. Because they only need the milk. And uh, you see this a lot in the, the bigger operations mm -hmm. rather than the small farms. But um, the, the babies are, after birth, the babies are gone. They're taken. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is also very difficult to pull this through, in a, even in a goat farm, in a goat milk farm. Uh, a lot of them will pull yeah. the babies to get their hands in the Many. milk. You literally have goat farmers feed goat babies cow's milk to get their hands on a goat's milk. Wow, okay. So they're actually feeding oh, it's so the, common. the yeah. baby goats cow's milk yep. just yep. to like they raise them on the yep. Wow, okay, that's ridiculous. And you'd be, you would be surprised, I, I would, a very high percentage, a very high percentage. And so, when, you know, especially when we're talking goat milk skincare, there, it's most definitely, you know, there's a lot of options these days on the market. Sure. Uh, I feel we are very set aside from so many of these goat milk producers 
um, because first of all, a lot of people buy goat milk from the store that's a powdered, it's already processed. So you have no idea what's already in that and you sure. can't claim or it's natural. Or melt and pour from the bath shop. Or... Yes. And then you have others that they do get it from a farm, but this farm, are they taking these babies away? Are these mothers raising their young? Mm -hmm. Majority will say no. If you were to go up to one of these vendors at a show or even online, something like this, you see them. You ask them, do you take the babies away from the moms? No, you know, you don't do, you don't ask like this. What you do is, do you bottle feed your babies? Ah. Are yes. the babies bottle raised? And if the babies are bottle raised, you know they were taking the babies from the mom. And let me tell you something. We had uh, incidents uh, where, uh, like a stillborn or whatever, and these mamas grieve. These animal mamas. Yeah. yeah. They get very depressed. They cry all day long. Mm -hmm. They're looking around. They're, they're wondering where this baby is and stuff like this. So to imagine that they do this on a daily basis, that these farms do this, it's, it's heartbreaking. I can understand that. Yeah, no. Um, that being the case, you know, and actually, you know, in dealing with, you know, people's doing this and all, like, you guys have the certification for the animal welfare mm -hmm. and all. And then, you know, can you explain a little bit more what that is? Just so, you know, because you talked about the greener. A greener world. Know, yeah, greener mm -hmm. world. But is the animal welfare, is that the same thing or is the same that? Thing. The greener world okay, is an so organization that you can have different certifications. I know, I know they have non-GMO, certified non-GMO. They have uh, animal welfare approved. Uh, they also they have, grass -fed. They have certified grass-fed. So they have a variety of different certifications. And I know they're uh, working on adding even more. So they are a program that we found online. They work internationally. Mm -hmm. um, they pretty much check all of the boxes. So they're going to come to your farm. They're looking at, uh, you know, the water, the cleanliness of your farm. They're looking at what's in your feed. Uh, they check for animal byproducts and such. Do you have to submit your label, the food labels, like they show them what you feed. And they actually, they want to see what you do and what you feed them. And uh, there's so much hidden stuff in the small print. It's actually a, an educational journey. Um, so, so like uh, the feed, like we had to special order the feed for the sheep because we couldn't even find sheep feed on the shelf that would qualify. So there, there's a lot of feed out there that actually has animal byproducts in it, isn't yes, there? Yes, yes, animal know? byproducts and sheep feed should not have animal byproducts. Mm -hmm. The other thing is also the medicated feed. It's funny how they sneak it in because, for example, in Southern States, you have two bags that look identical. Mm -hmm. You really have to look at that small label, which one is the one without the medicated feed. Right. So people are putting antibiotics or medicated feed. They're feeding them medicated feed from getting them sick. Now, for example, sheep, uh, sheep are not as um, sensitive as goats, but there's an easy way to keep them from getting parasites. It's like pasture rotation. One week, one week, one week. Uh, if you have a tiny little cramped backyard where you have just dirt, they are uh, they're not in the grass, mm -hmm. and so they are ingesting the, the warm eggs again, and so the worm gets to have its full life cycle. Right. By pasture so rotating, you interrupt the life cycle of the parasite. Yes, they're mm -hmm. moving between pastures, and you're letting these pastures rest pretty much to grow up, so it benefits not only the soil quality and the forage, but also the animals because it lessens your parasite load. Now, I do have to say that also depends on the breed. For example, our catadins. They, have, uh, they are known to be parasite resistant, or mm -hmm. you know, a bit more hardy against those parasites. Sure. Um, whereas our dairy goats are a lot more susceptible. Sus what is it? Susceptible. Yes, thank huh. you. 
words aren't working today. But, That's right. It's only a podcast. It's okay. Um, <laughs> going back to uh, a greener world, though, they also look at shelters. Do you have adequate shelters for the animals? Um, they're going to be looking at the pasture. How many acres do you have, pretty much? How many animals do you have on the on a certain amount of acreage? So, again, it's, it's pretty much all across. And then they're also looking at about banding your goats and your and your sheep they're looking at um pretty much any medications and stuff they're looking at they want you to treat your med- so here's the thing organic means no antibiotics period mm-hmm. um so if an animal is sick and needs treatment these animals don't qualify, qualify for organic okay now that being said if i give my and my animal an antibiotic today and mm-hmm. uh it goes a year later to processing. It's no longer in their system. It's also not in every cell of their body because it wasn't fed over and over in their in their feet. Right. Like some do. So the greener world has the expectation that I'm treating my animals as needed, like if yes. they are sick and not make them suffer too. Sure. So yes. there needs to be a fine line where it makes sense. And according to humane and modern standards, uh, instead of just like forcing that organic issue. Yes. Now that being said, if I have an animal like uh, and I have to treat it, I handle it accordingly. And a lot of times we use it for ourselves or something, and or like a, a goat and a milk. It, this is not something we would, you know, turn into cheese and sell to people or something. Right. But the expectation, uh, the greener world has the expectation that I actually treat my animals when they are sick. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so in going through all this, you know, I mean, obviously this is a lot of things that the average consumer is not going to know. The average person is not going to know at all. So what is the greatest lesson you've learned in trying to educate the public about what makes your products different from, you know, what's in the store or, you know, what I can just find at a gas station even, you know, like what is the greatest lesson you've learned from that? Or let me ask you this, in what manner has that affected it that it's made it like, you know what, this is why we educate about this. I mean, first of all, I have to say we're still learning. You know what I mean? Of like, course, uh, I mean, course. this is a learning experience. And looking back, it's like there was stuff we didn't know, and and is it has been an eye opener. And I have no, I cannot even tell you how little I knew when we started. Mm-hmm. And so we jumped with both feet in, in the cold water literally. And uh, so, uh, it's it's interesting. The one thing is I can tell you, just because it's a small farm, doesn't mm-hmm. always mean same practices. I encourage people to ask questions, to look at it, where's your stuff coming from? And to uh, be fair, I feel like a lot more, more and more consumers are are asking those questions. They're looking for, you know, humane treatment of the animals, and they're also looking at the products, the quality of their products. They're looking at the store meat versus the, the farms, the smaller farms, and I think there is... It's growing in attention, that kind of wave of ideas. I also would encourage people to think a little bit more than just those blinders. Like, oh, I'm vegetarian. I don't like how these animals are treated, for mm-hmm. example. If you're a vegetarian and turn your back on sustainable farming, you're not supporting you know, a healthy environment or animals not being tortured. Because, you know, first of all, when they plow your field, for your soybeans, because you need to have your protein somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, you're destroying habitats for li- wildlife. You're destroying, you know what I mean? It's a monoculture. It, I mean, think about it, what, what influence it has on the climate in sure. the long term. So you are not, you know, you are not innocent just because you think you're a vegetarian. If you truly want to help, help the people who are trying to do sustainable farming, to do it the way they used to do it, 
and a healthy way. So it benefits the farmers that are doing the right thing because um, there's really, there's, there's unfortunately, there's this big gap between the people who don't care. They want to go to Kroger's. They don't want to know about it right. because they don't want to, they don't want to feel guilty. Sure. Or that you have the people that care, mm -hmm. but they're making the wrong decisions. They, they think that I'm helping the environment and I'm healthy by buying this protein powder and drinking my shakes. Mm -hmm. Well, that stuff was probably made in China, processed. It was from fields, some soybeans that were plowed, you know, GMO probably too. So, so if you really want to help it and really care, find the sustainable farmers, find the, the natural way and, and don't, don't just look at what's in your face and what they try to make you believe. Yes. Yes. The labeling. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So obviously then reading labels is important. Very. Uh, now we're coming close to the end of our time here. So I do want to ask this, how do people get your products? You know, is it just going online? Is it, you know, meeting you at certain places? We've been doing, okay, so we started out, we do go to uh, markets and events here and there, um, which we always like to post about on our social media. And then we also have an online store at hillsidemenosfarm.com. We have our goat milk skincare online. We also have our meats and our eggs. Uh, our meats and eggs we do not ship, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. That may or may not be coming soon. Uh, not the eggs, but the meat, maybe. Yes, the meat. Sure. And um, but we do delivery, we do farm pickup, and then we recently started Market Wagon, which is pretty much like an online farmers market. Mm -hmm. There's different regions. Uh, right now, we are in Cincinnati, uh, the Cincinnati region, and we pretty much, uh, as a c customer, you can buy your meat from us, your eggs from us, but you can also shop other farmers. And it gets delivered straight to your door. So it's pretty much a delivery service. Where Does that include your uh, soaps and your yes, lotions and all yes. that too? Okay. We also have that online. Okay. Now that being said, we're driving out to Westchester mm -hmm. and pay a pretty good commission for that. Sure. So if you're around the corner and you want something, just shoot us a message. We also have uh, memory makers as a pickup location. So we have customers that text us, hey, can I have recordings of eggs? And We'll drop it off on the way uh, at Memory Makers at the bakery, and we'd like to have somebody in Walton as a you know location yes, as like some location. areas. Uh, um, the independence people find Memory Makers mm -hmm. pretty pretty easily. Pretty, pretty easy. Easy. Memory Makers okay. is a very central. And then we also people. did um, at one point we did um, delivery tour. That was more during the market times, but we would uh, drive to. Uh, Parking lot to meet up with, you know, like a Kroger parking, yes. yeah, Kroger parking lot in Union and uh, Independence and Trader Joe's parking lot, and we would meet with customers. But that is requiring a certain time, you know. Sure. We used to do sure. that Friday night, seven o'clock or so, and so we we hope to get that tour back together. But it's been more like a lot of people have been coming to the farm recently or sure. memory makers. It's been working out pretty good, and. Uh, you know, if we're up there going to Westchester on Thursdays, what we also did is we dropped just dropped off orders like near All us on the way. way. Okay. Okay. So there's an opportunity then to come out to the farm also ways yes. we can get yep. it. Yes. Thing and it looks like there might possibly in the future some online as well. Yes. All right. Well, ladies, thank you very much. This has been not only an enlightening podcast, but very entertaining. I've enjoyed everything you've talked about. And, you know, I don't think we've only touched kind of like the top of the surface of some of this stuff. So mm -hmm. I'd like to have you guys back on again some other time. If that'd be cool with you. Yeah, that's, that's good. Awesome. All right. Thanks All right. for having us. All right. <laughs>